Are you fully charged? by Tom Rath. One sentence summary. Are you fully charged? shows you the three keys to arriving at work and life with a battery that's brimming with happiness and motivation, which are energy, interactions, and meaning, and how to implement them in your day. My favorite quote from the author is, There is nothing wrong with working on important individual milestones, as long as you understand that they may not be the memories you treasure 25 years from now. Tom Rath Don't you hate when authors tell you one thing in their first book and then try to sell you on the complete opposite idea in the next one? It doesn't happen too often, but when it does, I always feel gamed. Sort of like they're just in it for the money. Tom Rath doesn't do that. Instead, his books build on one another. Are You Fully Charged is his most recent one, and it incorporates what he learned and taught in Eat, Move, Sleep, into a practice that goes beyond health and into happiness. It is based on three things, meaning, interactions, and energy. I want to share three lessons about these chargers with you today. 1. The pursuit of happiness is our biggest roadblock on the way towards it. 2. Put your phone out of sight when talking to someone. 3. Try to take 10,000 steps a day. Lead acid or lithium ion, it doesn't matter. By the end of this article, you'll know how to wake up fully charged. Are you fully charged? Lesson 1. The pursuit of happiness is our biggest roadblock on the way towards it. This answers the question, is there really such a thing as the pursuit of happiness? There are many books, movies, and entire cultures built around the pursuit of happiness. It's what fuels the American dream and life in most other Western countries, and while there's a lot of debate around what it should look like, hardly anyone questions the premise itself. Is happiness even something that must be pursued? Well, Tom Rath isn't hardly anyone, so he raises just that question. He believes thinking that, as long as we spend enough time chasing it, we'll eventually find happiness, is one of the biggest misconceptions of the 21st century. You might have already learned that external motivation ruins internal motivation. But if Tom Rath is right, this means it actively makes you unhappier instead of just not increasing your happiness. He says happiness is simply a byproduct of a meaningful life, which is centered around internal motivation. I'm in a cafe right now. Let's say the waitress can comfortably serve 50 people a day. Then she can make all these interactions light and positive and find meaning in those. If her boss told her she'd get twice the money for serving 75 customers, she'd be forced to give less time to each one and focus on efficiency rather than politeness. She might get the extra money, but that not only won't make her happier, she'd also sap the meaning from her interactions and thus end up a lot unhappier than she was before. Are you fully charged? Lesson 2. Hide your phone somewhere out of sight when talking to someone. This answers the question, what is a quick and solid communication hack when you can use when talking to other people? Have you ever seen two people in a restaurant sitting opposite each other, each staring at their own smartphone? It's a nightmare. The only thing that's worse is when just one person stares at their phone and leaves the other one hanging. I've always tried to avoid using my phone in conversation, but this I didn't know about, and it takes it one step further. A 2014 study found that conversations where no phone is visually present are significantly superior to those where a phone is on, t on the table, in someone's hand, or otherwise in sight. 
This is called the iPhone effect. And it implies that even if people just see a phone while talking to you, they already feel like you're not giving them your full attention and can't be as empathic towards you. My phone is dead silent and I usually put it face down on the table when I'm out with friends. But from now on, I'll try to completely put it out of sight. And you should do the same to see your relationships thrive. Are you fully charged? Lesson 3. Make an effort to take 10,000 steps every day, starting today. Here's a crazy fact. You sit more than you sleep. On average, people sit for 9.3 hours a day while sleeping only for 7.7. According to Tom Rath, this is what happens when you sit for extended periods of time. The nerves in your legs stop working and shut down. Your calorie burning rate drops to 1 calorie per minute. The number of enzymes which break down fat in your body drops by 90%. Your good cholesterol, HDL or high density lipoprotein, drops by 10% every hour. Here's how to avoid all of this. Take 10,000 steps every day. It sounds like a lot, but it really isn't. 10,000 steps equals roughly 5 miles or 8 kilometers a day. According to Tom, walking increases your energy levels by 150%. And since I started paying more attention to it, I feel he's right. Do this to make sure you hit your 10,000 step goal each day. 1. Design your environment to make you move. For example, when using your laptop in your office, leave your charger in another room, so you have to go and get it when you run out of power. 2. Take detours. When I walk to the cafe I work in in the morning, I always go right instead of left when I leave my house, to make sure I'll do a full circle of the city center before going there. Extending walks you're already taking is a lot easier than making up reasons to take more of them. And 3. Track your steps. Just seeing the number on a regular basis will make you work harder towards your goal. I guarantee it. Here's what I learned from Are You Fully Charged? This is a great book. I really like the whole idea of putting your... I don't want to say... Yeah, maybe life or happiness or basically it's an umbrella term for everything and then categorizing this in different categories of energy, uh, eat, move, sleep, right? And then meaning interactions and uh, and um, energy, which again is split into eat, moves, eating, moving, sleeping, uh, categorizing that for happiness. So I really like the whole construct Tom Rath has built. I think that's really powerful. Um I have two or three maybe add-ons from what I learned since writing this summary la- sometime last year about the about the three t- takeaways because I think they're pretty specific. So I want to make the distinction again. So external motivation ruins internal motivation. That's the whole idea of when you suddenly get paid to do a task you otherwise enjoy doing for free, your motivation to do the task wanes and it goes away. Um, so in that case, usually we might think, well, if people pursue their happiness and as long as they're internally motivated, that makes them happy. But what he's saying is that if people chase ex- use that sort of to chase external goals, then that might not only not make them happy, it actually makes them unhappier, right? Because if the only goal you have is, say, making $100,000 a year, and even if you do that sort of in your own way, take my case, for example, maybe writing, um, but if that's your only goal, you're going to have less fun and happiness along the way and when you get there you realize you're actually unhappier than you were before 
So that's a distinction as opposed to sort of external motivation leaving you on neutral versus it actually making everything worse. I think the waitress example was a good point, right? She might get more money, but to get that extra money, she has to withdraw meaning from the job that she does because she has less time to to do her job and less freedom. And so she saps the motivation from there. And the money compensation can't compensate that because it's really, really bad motivation. About your phone, I would suggest... So I, I, I often remember this lesson. This is one of the lessons I remember the most because I sometimes still sit in places, right, and have my... I usually have my wallet and then my iPhone on top of my wallet and just that sitting on the table, right, just because it's annoying in my back pocket. But because I often see it and then sometimes I remember, oh, yeah, crap, I'm not supposed to do that because, you know, even just having it there is going to make the person feel less connected even if it's just subconsciously so recently i try to again every time i notice i try to put my phone in my back pocket and rather sit on it than have it on the table directly i will go one step beyond that and i suggest that you not only hide it when you talk to other people but you should also hide it at work it's been very very big for me what i do now is i have my because i work at my laptop and I have that sit sitting on a table, I just put my phone right behind my laptop. So I just put it behind the screen, and all I have to do is put the screen down and then grab it if I want it. But have the difference between having it back there where I can't see it and can forget about it just because it's not in sight, and having it sit next to my laptop where I can see it or, or have it in arm's reach is huge. So the difference is really, really big. I grab my phone much, much less. So that's a really cool productivity hack on the side. And lastly, 10,000 steps a day. So the, I, re, I don't recall the book that was in, but it's not so much about the 10,000 steps number. And I hear that the whole idea is basically not very scientifically grounded and so on and so forth. But it's about, it's not about, it's not necessarily about moving a certain, a certain amount, but it's about moving a little more than you moved yesterday, right? Obviously, don't if you take this to extremes, you would also end up, we can't all be marathon runners, but just like move a little more than yesterday. I think that's for most of us, that's a good start. So if you take, if you know your steps and actually an iPhone has a step counter. So if you keep your iPhone with you most of the day, that already gives you a good idea of where you're at. If you just check in the health app, I think, um, then it should show your step count there. But to just move a little more than yesterday. And I notice right now I'm home at my parents' house. It's always harder for me to walk more here because I have to go out and actually make it a goal to walk. And so every day now I take a walk. I walk for like an hour, an hour, 15 minutes just around the village. Um, but I do it in one stretch. And obviously that's not as good as getting up th repeatedly throughout the day and moving around. And when I'm at school in Munich, I walk a lot more to school. I walk in school. I get coffee somewhere in the cafeteria, right? So I move a lot more throughout the day. And it's much easier to get the 10,000 steps. And um, I don't do it all in one go. So obviously there's different ways of, of achieving this. But if you do nothing else, sort of, but you have the time or... No, you should actually take the time to do those 10,000 steps or start with 5,000 or, you know, a little more than yesterday. Um, that's going to be huge. I think if you did nothing, if you did no sports, nothing, no exercise, but you walked 10,000 steps every day, I think that will probably get you... It's like an 80-20 thing. It's, it will probably get you a lot of the benefits that keep you going till old age 
or fit and healthy till old age um, of the benefits of exercise you usually would see if you say went swimming three times a week so start there um, I can highly recommend a Garmin Vivo Smart Activity Tracker. That's the one I have. It's pretty cool. It shows your step counter. You always have it in sight. It vibrates on your arm every hour or so, pings you to get up. I recommend getting one of these. It's been really helpful for me. But either way, as long as you move a little more than yesterday, I think that's a great step forward. Okay, so hope that added some extra insight to this. And I will see you on the next summary.